welcome, welcome, welcome. What a sight to see the fans back in here at First Energy Stadium. And the time has come. The home opener of the Browns and the Houston Texans. Down the field it comes. Roberts caught it. He fumbled the ball. And Taki Taki recovers it. Taki Taki was Taki on the spot. Third and goal. Here's Mayfield. They give it to the fullback. Janovich. He drives left side. And he's in. Touchdown. Andy Janovich. Quick snap. Mayfield back. Pulls it down. He's going to run. And he's going to drive. Touchdown. Baker Mayfield. Hey, he fears nothing. Mayfield throws, bubble screen left. Here's Felton, 30, 25, he spins, 20, still going, 15, he's to the 10, 5, touchdown! Demetric Felton, what a run! And the Browns are back on top! He's got the snap, back in his own end zone, steps and throws, and it is a fight for the ball, and it's Cleveland ball! Malcolm Smith got it! Mayfield takes it, gives it, Chubb runs, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, he's in, touchdown, Nick Chubb! Davis Mills takes the snap, blitz coming, and he got rocked! Grant Delpit laid him out! What a hit on Davis Mills! Wow! Mayfield takes a knee, that's it, it's all over today. A hard-fought win for the Browns. Final score today, the Browns win it. And a good time was had by all. The Browns 31 and the Texans 21. Welcome in, everybody, to Cleveland Sports Weekly, Episode 9. I am Jake Hyre, your host. It is September 21st, 2021. Can't believe September's already almost over, but with that brings the second game of the Cleveland Browns season. The Houston Texans were defeated by our Cleveland Browns 31-21 on Sunday. And it was a big win for the Browns, but not the kind of win that most of us expected. Welcome in once again. I am Jake Heyer, your host. We'll get to the Browns. We'll get to the Indians really quick first because I want to get to the Browns and spend most of this show on that period. So when it comes to the Indians, realistically, once again, like last week, Season's over. Uh, Good news is that we are looking at possibly actually considering bringing back Tito next year. There's a decent chance that he is going to once again return to managing for the Indians, and hopefully everything's good with him. They're saying that he's recovering well from his surgeries, his hip surgery, his staph infection surgery on his toe, and hopefully next year he'll be ready to go and able to manage this team throughout the entirety of the season for the first time in a few years. Good luck to him getting back. Also, on another note, the Indians did lose both games yesterday to Kansas City, which was odd. I mean, you had Tristan McKenzie, who's been on fire, give up quite a few runs in the first game, and then the Indians just got pounded uh, once again uh, in the second game. So... Yeah, they dropped the, uh, it's both games to Kansas City. It's the first time they uh, lost a doubleheader, both games of a doubleheader since 1984 to Kansas City, which is crazy because I feel like at least once a year, at least, we are seeing them in a doubleheader type situation. Now, Shane Bieber is on the mend, so we might get a chance to see him one last time, maybe two more times before the completion of the season. 
but I'm not going to get my hopes up. I'm not going to say that it matters at all, but it would be nice to see our former Cy Young winner out on the mound one more time. On that note, I mean, hopefully next year the Indians can do something to provide a little bit of excitement because next year there's going to be the dip in attendance because of the fact that the Indians are no longer the Indians. They're going to be the Guardians. And whether people like it or not, that is going to hit some people hard. Uh, It's going to rub people the wrong way, and it's going to maybe view the team as not exactly their team anymore. And it it will hurt attendance, whether people want to believe that or not. But at least if we can do something this offseason, pick up a few pieces, uh, add a few bullpen arms, you know, we, we could have a really good team. I mean, Jose Ramirez is closing in on 40 home runs for the season. Fran Meals had a pretty decent season. We have a few pieces in Bobby Bradley, uh, a couple of young pieces that we can really look at and say, hey, I like what we have here. Miles, The Miles Straw edition, Ahmed Rosario, they have played lights out for the entirety of the season, realistically, and Miles Straw looks like a everyday center fielder that we could see in Cleveland for a long time. So there, there are the pluses. The thing is, is are the Dolans willing to spend money for the first time in a long time, really? I, I, I hope so. I mean, they have mentioned that they are going to up the spending. I just don't see us up, upping the spending to like 120, 130 million, where we are significantly confident in the team that we have on the field. And that's going to be hard to do anyway. I mean, other teams are going to be fighting for free agents that uh, they like, uh, who we are probably have our, our eyes on already. So we'll see what happens in the offseason. I'm not leaving anything like up. Like I, I, I just don't, I don't want to see us just continue the course that we're on. That's the only thing I, I don't want to see is us continuing this rebuilding process. I think we have a team that we can start building off of the pitching staff we we can start building off of and we have a competitive team right now i i firmly believe that if we start the season with bobby bradley on the roster and we keep uh guys like andres jimenez as like our secondary players ahmed rosario plays every day and then like i don't know if we had a little more sustainability and consistency at the beginning of the year i think we are fighting for at least the wild card spots at this point in time of the year and also, it doesn't help that two of our best pitchers uh, were hurt, and then the injuries to the bottom half of the uh, pitching rotation, along with the struggles of Logan Allen, J.C. Mejia, and early on, Cal, Cal Quantrill, he struggled a little bit, but obviously of late, he's turned it around. So, yeah, next year, full go. I think we have a good shot at it. I don't know about world series contending shot but i think we have a pretty good shot at making the playoffs and once you get into the playoffs anything can happen so next year is our target goal so hopefully no a whole whole lot of fans don't jump ship because of the name name change Um, i know it's going to be a little weird a little uncomfortable for a while but it's something that we got to do all right let's get all right let's get right into the browns all right let's get to the browns because i know you guys can't wait and it's, it, it is a big uh, topic, of course, obviously. The Browns have been centered in uh, the talk of Cleveland for a, about a month now, if not longer, 
maybe even since the draft because, I mean, people had a pretty good feeling that this season for the Cleveland Indians was going to be a wash. So people kind of jumped on that Cleveland Browns train really early this year. But like I said earlier, uh, right at the beginning, the Browns won 31-21, but it wasn't the prettiest game. Realistically, it was kind of scary, even through halftime. Coming out of halftime was kind of like a like a nice little like release of anxiousness when we saw that Tyrod Taylor wasn't going to come back out on the field and we were going up against their number three string uh, behind Deshaun Watson and Tyrod Taylor, David Mills. So, I mean, we, we got lucky in that sense because we went into halftime at 14-14 and realistically I was not comfortable seeing what the second half had to offer. It was, I, I was pretty worried. Like I, I just felt like this was one of those days where it was going to be like, hey, the Browns is the Browns, right? Remember what Juju Smith-Schuster said? I mean, like, I, I, I thought that was going to be one of those days where we just failed. And it turns out it didn't really go so great, but we ended up getting the win. And there are a few good things and plenty of negative things to get into. So to start, I want to go with... Jarvis Landry's injury so after an MRI it's a sprain to his MCL and it looks like he's going to be out at least a couple weeks as of right now he is week to week currently questionable for the game against the Bears on Sunday which realistically we don't really need him for so here's what I think I mean if there's any question at all leave him out same with Odell the Bears were looked at as one of the worst secondaries in the league so far so we can manage a couple games without Jarvis, without Odell, and leave it up to Richard Higgins, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Anthony Schwartz, and Demetric Felton. Uh, those guys, those guys can handle it over the next couple games, and we'll get to Demetric Felton in a little bit. But um, I think between the Odell injury and the Jarvis knee injury. I think you want to be careful as much as possible. And knowing Jarvis, he's going to want to be out on the field. So let's not push him too hard um, until we're sure he's ready to go. From the looks of things, from the play and everything, I don't think it was a terrible, terrible uh, knee injury. I think he'll start feeling better really quick. It's just making sure that he's 100% and ready to go. Because like I said, the Bears secondary has been awful this year so far. So we can manage at least this one week without him. Now going forward, this is something that you're going to want to explore because there's no guarantees that Odell's not going to play this week or next week. But I mean, you just want to be cautious with him. You don't want to put your your number one receiver in the guy, in my opinion, who should be here next year instead of Odell. I, I would rather see uh, Jarvis here long term rather than Odell. I, I just don't want to put him in a position where he's really got to fight to get back and then if he does when he does get back if he's not 100% healthy re-aggravate that injury and now we have him out for the rest of the year that's just not conducive to what we're trying to do I mean he's he's definitely our top receiver at this point you can't look at Odell as our top receiver because of the fact that he hasn't been able to stay healthy on and on the field so Jarvis is being our number one receiver our most important receiver and we got to make sure his health is the top priority in this I mean Hopefully he'll be back for the Vikings two weeks from now. Uh, even if he misses that game, I, I'd be okay with that as long as we're making sure that he is ready to go for the remainder of the season uh, going forward. All right, as for Baker, 
Uh, I'm sure you guys watched the game. I'm sure you guys have seen highlights if you didn't. Uh, Baker had a pretty good shoulder injury. Luckily, it was to his left shoulder on an interception thrown that realistically probably shouldn't have been intercepted. Anthony Schwartz got a pretty good earful from Kevin Stefanski over it. He gave up on a ball that that ended up being picked off. And as the returner was coming down, Baker tried to make a tackle, stuck his left arm, which is a good thing, his left arm out, and basically it seemed like he dislocated his shoulder, made a statement in a press conference, said it popped in and out. But he ended up returning back into the game after, I'm assuming, having it popped back in place and going to get a shot to make the pain go away. And he ended up having a pretty pretty darn good day throwing the ball around the yard. He ended up 19-21, 213 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Now, two incomplete passes for him. He, he's been really good with his completion percentage this year. I mean, game one, he only missed, I think it was five passes incomplete, and then two passes incomplete in this one. I get it. You only threw the ball 21 times, but that's really impressive. And then when you add that in to we only carried the ball a total of 34 times, 35, That I, we were incredibly consistent on offense. Uh, regardless of how it looked at points, there were, I mean, we were very good on offense. There were a few drives early where they kind of look a little lack, lackluster. Our offensive line was getting pushed around, but I thought we did a nice job of staying with the game plan, not deterring too far from it. We were a little pass happier early in the game before the uh, shoulder injury to Baker, but once he came out and uh, was back on the field, I mean, he, he was the same guy that we've seen for quite a while, in my opinion, maybe a little bit less uh, of a downfield threat in this game. But realistically, he, he was very good. Even after the shoulder injury, he even ran one in, uh, putting his left shoulder out there. He had a guy closing in about to, about to take his uh, shoulder out and just made it across the line before taking that hit. So at least he didn't have to endure that much more pain, but he... he toughed it out and Miles Garrett said it best he's like Brett Favre 2.0 and I mean he's displayed that in full effect over his first four years so far. Hooper comes in motion right to left Mayfield throws bubble screen left here's Felton 30 25 he spins 20 still going 15 he's in the 10 5 touchdown one heck of a run by the rookie. Demetric Felton what a start to his season he's had so to open the game against the Texans, he had that really nice run back, and then you just heard the audio from his touchdown. Man, he looks really good. And we had Anthony Schwartz in week one uh, showing off against the Chiefs, and then in week two, we have Demetric Felton showing off against the Texans. The dude is just elusive, and he can play football. Man, is he fun to watch. He's so fast, so quick, and yet he breaks tackles like he's a six foot 240 pound big time back i'm so excited to see what he has to offer for the rest of the year and it looks like we finally have a guy who has some serious legitimate threatening uh tendencies on the return uh stage i mean when was the last time we saw a legitimate punt returner or kick returner in the backfield for the cleveland browns i mean it, it you have to go back to josh cribs for that and it's it's good to see that he's getting a little more work in with the offense too, especially with the Jarvis injury. He's gonna come up huge 
when it comes to like playing in the slot for us, um, running some of the routes that Jarvis did for us, catching balls uh, a little further downfield than he's been so far, even in the preseason. I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see how much more he gets used. And another thing is we're going to have to see a lot more from Donovan Peoples-Jones, who had that costly fumble in the game. I mean, it was early, and realistically, it didn't hurt us. We ended up getting the win. But, I mean, you can't cough that ball up. you got to secure it, and he's only had the two catches so far this year. He's got to do better. He's going to have to step up now with Jarvis out, and can't wait to see what he has to offer. All right, let's get into the defense a little bit. So I, I've never been a huge fan of Joe Woods, right? And realistically, I mean, we haven't played all that poorly. But, I mean, Tyrod Taylor made us look like we were chumps. And that was pretty embarrassing for, for like, the first half of football uh, against that team. I was, I was pretty diminished by what I was seeing on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, defensive line realistically didn't really get a whole lot of pass rush going on and Miles Garrett had some interesting comments after the game about some of those things I want you to listen to him real quick uh, just don't pass it early on like that we weren't expecting him to, to throw the ball so early on in, the, in downs and uh, hell I was in a, in a four eye uh, inside and they're, they're throwing the ball and I'm trying to you know, keep contained I'm trying to rush the, the passer but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much stuck inside, and it was just you know, a little bit different than what we were game planning for. We expect them to try to run the ball and, and uh, you know, pose their will. Now I'm, I'm dropping back in coverage, thinking, you know, "Why the hell am I back here?" <laughs> yeah. So those comments just kind of troubled me a little bit. And realistically, I mean, you want the utmost faith in what you're trying to do, and in during a football game. And I don't believe I heard that from Miles Garrett when he was talking about what his game plan was and what his job duties were. Now, those were two simple comments that maybe could have taken out could have been taken out of context, said said a little differently to make it sound a little better, but it definitely sounded like he had some reserves on what his job was um, during the game at least or how they game planned. Now, things change. Obviously, you don't always game plan exactly right. They, like Teams switch up what they're trying to do sometimes, and you can't foresee everything that happens. But I don't believe that Joe Woods is putting us in the best posi- positions to be successful. The first drive for the Texans, Tyrod Taylor went after Denzel Ward three times. And to be honest, none of the coverages were very good. I mean, every coverage that went after that was thrown at Denzel he was in a soft coverage and receivers were basically wide open I want to see our cornerbacks get up on their man and play hard-nosed football right up in his face don't let him away from you and come on -on one-on-one man-to-man let's go I'm sick of seeing this soft cover three cover two easy dink and dunk coverage that just allows teams to move the ball down the field consistently but doesn't allow the big plays Joe Woods has taken very few shots when it comes to blitzing. And when it has worked, I mean, when he has taken shots, it seems to work. I mean, I don't understand what is going on, why why we're allowing so many small plays to add up to a full drive. It's, it's kind of unbelievable. And our third down efficiency was awful once again yesterday. I mean, 
week one against the Chiefs, 60%. That's not terrible when you're considering who you're playing. But when you're talking about the Texans and you allow four for four on a single drive for third down conversions, like, I just, I, as, as a defensive coordinator, that's on you. I'm sorry, it is. That, it, it was pretty pathetic. I mean, there were, there were some plays uh, that really, really just kind of like irked me about like how does how do you allow that to happen it, it, it's unacceptable and Joe Woods needs to look at himself in the mirror saying I have a good defense and I need to put them in a better position to win and succeed we, we need to do a better job of getting our coverage down now the only guy in my opinion who's done an incredible job of coverage is Greg Newsom which has been he's been incredible so far this year he had the one pass interference play uh, in the game yesterday and then basically the same situation play and he kind of corrected it I mean he's a smart dude he's going to get better and better and better and that's I mean that's what we expect from him it is to be uh, on the ball defender really good in coverage and just playing lights out he, he did a great job once again yesterday for his second game another guy who got his first start in the NFL Grant Delpit also made some really nice plays he had a sack in this game with a forced fumble Granted, we didn't get the ball on that fumble, but he made a couple of really nice plays, came up on a couple of blitzes, made a couple of tackles, and he, he looks like a real player. He, I mean, he played with some intensity yesterday. You could tell he was excited to be out on the field, and uh, he got a warm greeting from the Browns faithful. Uh, he also made a few comments after the game thanking all the Browns fans for uh, their support and his recovery and getting him back on the field and showing him love and everything. I'll say this, Browns fans uh, have been very patient waiting for him, and he delivered in a big way uh, on the game in the game on Sunday. So it was good to see him out on the field, able to contribute to the team and doing some good things that help us uh, get, get on track and in a good position, especially with Ronnie Harrison uh, maybe not playing as great as he should be right now. All right, so next week we have the Bears coming to town. Andy Dalton is dealing with a knee injury, so there's kind of some question as to whether Justin Fields is going to start. And realistically, I would rather see Andy Dalton in this game because of the fact that he doesn't pose as much of a threat, in my opinion, as Justin Fields with different ways of hurting us. Um, we just saw Tyrod Taylor make an example of us and gave Chicago a blueprint on how to beat uh, the Browns' defense. So realistically... If Matt Nagy could do us a favor and just have Andy Dalton start no matter what, that'd be awesome. Granted, I do want to see the Browns actually like take over this game. Now, last week I said I wanted to see a blowout win over the Texans. Now, that was unacceptable for me as a blowout win. I mean, we won by 10. That was, that was a, a, a double-digit win is one thing. But blowing out the Texans, it should have been like 42-7. to 7. It shouldn't even have been... A game and it was tied at halftime it was pretty unacceptable in my opinion I thought we should have came out really just coming out to punch them in the mouth and show that we are a much better team than they are they are on their second string quarterback with Tyrod Taylor granted he had Hugh Jackson here but I mean he did nothing for the uh, Cleveland Browns he had, he made one throw realistically against the Saints and that's about it so uh, he, he made us look pretty bad on Sunday, but 
we, we can't let that happen again, especially against the Bears team that has been realistically pre- pretty awful uh, to start the season. And Andy Dalton, with his knee injury, will be immobile. He doesn't have much of an arm left. He, he, they don't throw the ball down the field at all. They've complained about that already this season. So I think we'll have a very good shot at a blowout this week against the Bears. Now, I definitely need to see Donovan Peoples-Jones making some plays in this game. Actually, I'm going to go ahead and make a prediction that he has at least 85 yards and a touchdown this week. Okay, I know it's. I don't know if it's really a hot take, but he is going to have 85 yards and a touchdown this week with Jarvis not playing. With I mean, Higgins is probably going to be your number two. Uh, Peoples-Jones, Anthony Schwartz, and Demetrius Felton. So, regardless. I, I, even if Odell plays, I think Odell is, I mean, I think I, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones is going to have a big game. Also, I want to see more from JOK. I thought he had a pretty good game against the Texans. Uh, once again, just keep growing every every week. And, hey, we'll, we'll be there at the end of the year because I think there's enough talent on both sides of this ball now to be a serious Super Bowl contender. All right, around the AFC North, all teams have evened up at 1-1. One one. So with the Steelers losing and somehow the Baltimore Ravens beating the Chiefs and then the Bengals losing, everybody in the AFC North is now tied at 1-1. One one. It's a brand new season, and we can kick it off running, take the AFC North from this point on. Starting this week, we do not give up the AFC North. We cannot do that. I mean, we have a pretty good schedule ahead of us to where we win a few games and just take the lead and never let it go. All right, around the NFL. So in the AFC, there are only two undefeated teams left. Now, I, I'd be willing to bet none of you guys had this coming. But in the AFC West, both teams are out of the AFC, AFC West, and I'm not even talking about the Chiefs. It's the Denver Broncos. And the Oakland, I'm sorry, the Las Vegas Raiders, who are the only teams left in the AFC who are undefeated. Now, I, like I said, I guarantee nobody saw that coming. I mean, you, you could honestly say, yeah, I, I saw the Browns at 2-0, or I saw the Chiefs at 2-0, whoever won that game. And then maybe, like, the Bills. I mean, the Bills played the Pittsburgh Steelers last week one. They should have won that game. And then they played Miami. They're 1-1. They should be 2-0. Uh, the Ravens. Uh, they nobody expected them to beat the Chiefs last week, especially after all the injuries. But I mean, these are the teams that should 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 have been looked at as two and O type uh, caliber teams. The Denver Broncos, absolutely not. I mean, no, no way, no way at all. And like, Derek Carr has come out of nowhere in week two and looked absolutely phenomenal after after a terrible week one and got his team to 2-0. Just crazy. The two teams in the AFC West being 2-0, being the Raiders and the Broncos. It's, I, I did not see that coming. All right, guys. Hey, next week, pay attention to the Browns, Bears. Uh, I'll, I'll be back Tuesday to give you another update, give you another podcast. Thank you so much for taking your time to listen. Appreciate it so much. Have a good day, guys.